Welcome to the Mission Cleveland weekly podcast. Encouragement and hope in a despairing world. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Well, good evening, everybody. It's good to be with you. If you don't know me, my name is Dale. And I call this place home. And uh, yeah, I was a priest with the Mission uh, Cleveland for, what, six years? About six years? From, from the time we were doing preview services up until this past February. So it's good to be back home tonight. Good to be with all of y'all tonight. Um, <clears throat> I, I suppose... I'll tell you a little bit about what I'm doing now, and then we'll jump into our scripture tonight. So I left full-time here with the mission to go downtown and return to something that I was doing 20 years ago, which is working with the homeless. I am a chaplain at the Community Kitchen in downtown Chattanooga, and I serve the guests there and the staff uh, there as well. One of the uh, more recent things we've done, we started on Easter Sunday having a Sunday morning chapel service. We had done a Thursday morning uh, holy prayers and communion service, and that hit six years this August. Uh, But this past uh, Easter morning, we kicked off a Sunday chapel at the community kitchen. About four weeks ago, I ran into a young guy. He's staying at a night shelter that we operate and working in the kitchen, and he happened to be there on Sunday morning. And uh, they gave him some time to come in and do uh, church service with us. And afterwards, I was there, and Brian Hazlett, one of our priests from Mission Chattanooga, was there. And we talked and prayed with this young man for several minutes afterwards. And then uh, I saw him two weeks ago. He said, I don't usually work on Sundays, but I asked to work on Sunday. Now, one, that's a miracle, right? (laughs) He said, I asked to work on Sunday. He said, I wanted to be here and I wanted to see you. And I wanted to tell you what God's been doing in my life. Now, this is totally unexpected. 
and he said, uh, housing has come through, so I'll have a place to live very soon. He said, I've reconciled with my mother, which was another miracle in his life. And there was a third thing, I can't remember what it was, but he had these three, four things that were going on in his life after just attending and and receiving prayer just a few weeks ago. I saw him again this morning. He asked to work on Sunday again. And so he came and we talked a little bit more. And so that's just a, a little bit about what's going on with me and where I'm at down at the community kitchen. I'll tell you the truth. I, I really do feel like I see Jesus show up all the time. And I feel like Jesus is talking with me almost every day there, either through how the staff interact with uh, guests or sometimes through the guests themselves. There's a lot of believers on the street and we just have, have a good time talking and, and talking about how much we love Jesus. So it's easy to see and hear in all places. Amen. All right, so tonight we had this scripture reading from the Gospel of Luke. If you want to pull that up in your Bible or if you want to pull it up on your phone, I think it's worth taking a slow look at this evening because uh, instead of me telling you a lot of stories, this is a story. And so we're just going to talk about Jesus' story here tonight. So, yeah, we're going to read a little bit and then we'll stop and we'll kick it around. Um, Before we do, let's just pray real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, and I just pray that you would speak to us. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you have for us tonight. Amen. So, with Luke chapter 9, starting with 51, as the time approached for him to be taken up into heaven... Yeah, we got the same thing. And he sent messengers ahead. He was going to Jerusalem. He sent messengers ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. Catch this. But the people there did not welcome him. Why? Because he was going to Jerusalem. All right, now this sounds like Twitter to me. Of all the reasons to reject Jesus, they rejected him. Why? Because he was going to Jerusalem. It's like, well, you know, if you like Georgia, I I don't have time for you. If you like Alabama, I don't have time for you. But I think this is much, much worse. He was going to Jerusalem. Makes sense. He's Jewish. Of course he's going to go to Jerusalem. But they said, no, we don't want you here. Why? Because you plan to go to Jerusalem. They rejected Jesus. What? They rejected Jesus. And this is something I want us to start to see throughout these own, all these little stories in this short passage. People are setting their own terms on how and if they will accept Jesus, right? I'll accept Jesus, but on 
my terms. Okay, let's go a little bit further. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they wanted to get Old Testament on the Samaritans, right? And they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? And Jesus says, no, I don't. says he rebuked them. So the disciples have this precondition, their idea of who and what Jesus is. And Jesus is going to call fire down upon everybody we don't like. They were setting their own terms of where and how they were going to accept Jesus. And Jesus is like, that's stupid. Don't do that. And then picking up with uh, verse 57, if you're following along, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, we don't really know what the guy was thinking. I think maybe Jesus did. And we can only look at Jesus' answer to the guy to get an idea of what this guy might have been thinking. But he comes up to Jesus and he says, I will follow you wherever you go. The disciples, to some degree here and there, also had this in mind. It's like, oh, I'm going to get in on this on the ground floor. I'm going to get in on this on the ground level. This guy is going places, and he's probably going to end up in the White House, and I'm going to be right there by his side. I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus, with his answer to this guy, Like I said, we can't read his mind. Jesus probably could. And Jesus' answer is revealing. And he said, Foxes have dens. Birds have nests. I am the son of man, and I have nowhere to lay my head. It's like, if you are looking for me to overthrow the Roman Empire and to take over Rome and have you in Caesar's palace right by my side, it ain't happening. That's nothing about what I'm about. Does that make sense? He was setting, like, his own terms. It's like, he thought he had it figured out. I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus is like, I got nowhere to lay my head. You know, where exactly are you following me to? He said to another, follow me. Simple enough, right? But he replied, Lord, let me first go bury my father. Now, chances are this guy's dad wasn't on his deathbed, probably wasn't even sick, probably didn't even feel bad, right? 
And Jesus is going to Jerusalem, and Jesus knows that at some point he's going to Jerusalem, and he ain't coming back, right? And this guy's like, let me go bury my father. Now, this was something in the Jewish community that was quite honorable, and that's just a thing that you did. But that could mean five years. It could mean 10 years, 15 you know, Pappy might have been really healthy. It could be 20 years from now, and Jesus is like, I don't have that much time. I'm not going to be here that long. I'm going to Jerusalem. And so he said, you know, let me first go bury my father. Let me set my terms on following you, Jesus. Right? We see this over and over again. And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now is the time to go and proclaim the kingdom of God. The dead basically will take care of itself. And that's true. So he calls this guy to go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, but... <laughs> right? He knew that would be in there. Let me first set my terms and conditions for following you. And it seems innocuous enough. Let me first go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now, our Old Testament reading was about Elisha, right? And Elijah called him to follow him and take his place as prophet. <clears throat> and he allowed him to go back and kiss his mom and dad goodbye. But what were the other actions of Elisha? He's been called by Elijah to learn and to become prophet after him. Elijah kills the ox, takes the plow, takes all the wood, burns it, has a barbecue, feeds everybody, and says goodbye. His actions spoke clearly. It'd be like you setting, setting fire to your, your truck or whatever. Yes. Elijah calls you to follow him and be a prophet and you won't, you know, like, burn the boat, burn the, you know, whatever your company is. But he calls Elisha to follow him, and Elisha burns everything and says, let's go. He set no terms. He set no conditions. I guess the question uh, for us this evening What terms have we set? What terms do we set on Jesus? Right? And what terms maybe have we set before on Jesus? And we can't set terms on Jesus. Jesus sets the terms. Now he tells us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, but... 
the terms are chosen by Jesus and not by us. We may look at other people and we might say, you know, I'd, I, I want that, right? I have friends that are nationally known, you know, in, in ministry and on the radio. I have friends that are over, uh, like, major nonprofits and things like that. And I've got friends who were pastors at big established churches over thousands Did I try to set those terms? Would it have done me any good to set those terms? No. I've done two things with my life, and that is do social services, serve children, serve the poor, serve the homeless, and I've planted churches. That's the terms that Jesus set for me. And there are days, there are days where you're like, it's not fair. But then much, much, much more of the time, I'll give you a secret. When you are in that place where Jesus has set the terms instead of you setting the terms. And when you get to that place where you say, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Amen. That's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot right there. So Jesus is having this discourse, and he's going to Jerusalem. He knows that at some point he's going to Jerusalem. He's not coming back. At some point, he's going to be in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's going to say, if it's at all possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, what? Not my will, but your will be done. Father, I don't set the terms. You set the terms, and I'll follow. Praise God. Amen? But the thing is, that is the sweet spot. When you can finish wrestling with how come they get those terms and I get these terms. When you can finish wrestling with that, and find that sweet spot, right? That's the place you want to live in. That's the place you want to dwell in, right there. Um, who grew up Baptist? Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> See, I got you to raise your hands. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> There's an old song. Might be, might be in other churches too. Have thine own way, Lord. That old hymn. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. My homeless people got to hear me sing this morning. <laughs> that old song have your way have your way find Jesus on his terms burn your terms burn your terms and find Jesus on his I guarantee you that's the sweet spot
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. Join us at the Mission Cleveland next week.